welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. All right, all right. Hey, everybody. It's Dudley, and uh, back for another podcast. Sorry, it's uh, I'm a little bit late here getting this one done, but uh, it's been a super busy week for me. I had to travel a little bit, uh, stopped into South Dakota, uh, actually swung in a shoot there just so I could uh, see some old friends, shake some hands, say hi to some, uh, some people that I haven't been able to see in quite a while. I was actually driving by on my way uh, to do a project with uh, Field Logic and uh, happened to be driving right by the Easton Center there in Yankton, saw a whole bunch of cars and thought, oh yeah, there's an archery tournament this weekend. So I swung in there and uh, that was a super cool time. Good to spend about 30 minutes in there, say hi to everybody and uh, get to see some of the best archers in the world shooting, which is always fun for me. I enjoy seeing guys. Um, also like looking at a lot of different guys' equipment. That's one thing that I really miss by not competing is I'm not able to to really grab guys' bows and uh, look at things that they're doing maybe a little bit different and uh, and even asking those guys why. Uh, one thing that I did offhand was, uh, you know, I got to spend a little bit of time with Jesse Broadwater and, uh, Jesse's a great friend and super good guy. And, you know, it was funny because he was at the AAE booth and then, uh, Rio Wild was actually at the Easton booth. Uh, they were side by side and, you know, you look at Rio's bow, he's got about a hundred pounds of front weight. And then you look at Jesse Broadwater's bow and he has about a hundred pounds of back weight. So it's amazing that, you know, two archers that literally battled it out for first and second have two bows that are completely opposite of one another for, you know, their weight distribution on their bows. And that just goes to show you that, you know, there really is no one way, especially when it comes to stabilization, um, that's going to work for everybody. You know, some people that are shorter, shorter arms, uh, especially people that shoot with a much more compressed shoulder, they're going to be able to shoot equipment that's set up a lot different than a guy, you know, that may not have as much muscle mass or may have a longer wingspan. You know, there's a lot more leverage out out there, a lot more weight hanging further away from, you know, your center part of your body. So, you know, I guess when it comes to that stuff, it's really a matter of trial and error. And really, in my opinion, it's a matter of finding what you can shoot the same for an extended period of time because one thing that was consistent with that tournament was every pro that I was talking to just because the pros were shooting at the time um, everybody was saying it had been a long weekend a lot of waiting around long days and uh, you know if you're a tournament archer a competitive archer you need to pick an equipment setup that's going to allow you to shoot good during those long days those long weekends sometimes if you're a you know a world level shooter you know you're talking tournaments that are dealing with five six seven days being at one event and uh you know if you shoot something good for 40 arrows but that's then you start to fatigue then that equipment it really isn't going to do much for you because honestly uh most tournaments come down to that last day and definitely those last 
two or three ends can really make or break most shooters and having something that you can shoot without a bunch of a bunch of physical demand can really help you in those moments so keep that uh, in consideration from here on out when you're choosing your setup and what you're going to go with um, you know, I kind of wanted to wing it a little bit today. Um, just some super press for time. I actually have to get out for another project here that I have to do for another archery company. Um, I've got some, some cool things that came, uh, actually I got some pretty cool stuff, um, from Easton. They sent several things, um, that they wanted me to look at. And, uh, a couple of them that definitely stood out were, um, they've got a new set of Allen wrenches. They're shorties. So, you know, where the Allen wrenches bend, they're actually cut real short. They're stubby. And uh, nowadays, with a lot of the bows and getting in between uh, tech risers or in between sights or around fallaway arrow rests, um, getting around all the different little things that you need to, those short stubby allen wrenches with the short bends are just awesome i mean by far those things need to be in in every guy's archery shop it'll it'll prevent you from having to take one thing off in order to get to a screw so you might want to check those out and then uh, also they've got some really cool um kids recurves a recurve set um, that's really going to be great for guys that want to get their kids something and uh, get their kids shooting in the backyard came with a quiver and arrows and a wrist guard and a finger tab Um, it was a great little bow and uh, you know I was actually sitting there thinking man it's too bad I didn't get this before the weekend because or at least a week ago I should say because this would have made a great Easter present Uh, I think for a lot of guys out there, girls that are trying to get their kids something a little bit different, get them something to to get them started into archery. So that was that was pretty sweet. But you know, it's been it's been an awesome two weeks here, getting to enjoy some outdoor shooting this weekend. I posted a a little video from me and my wife Sharon in the backyard. Uh, It was just really nice out Saturday evening. So we went out and. Uh, took a bottle of wine out to the backyard. Uh, I got a whole bunch of fresh cores in my 3D targets, so I really love shooting at fresh targets. That's the one thing that I've always... Uh, I don't like shooting on faces that are blown out, and I don't like shooting on 3Ds that are blown out. Um, I don't know what it is. I just I kind of like to be able to judge how I'm shooting, and being able to see fresh holes always, uh, always lets me kind of rate myself that's probably my favorite part about indoor archery is just that i can change my paper every day or every few ends um so that was a really cool outdoor shooting event with my wife we don't uh, we don't get to do that enough but it was a, a great night for shooting i shot my pro comp elite xl uh i was shooting it with fat boy arrows and uh it was just shooting really awesome i'm really liking right now i'm shooting a carter two simple it's pretty much an exact, uh, I guess, replica or spitting image of the Simple One, which I love a lot, only it has dual sears internally instead of a single sear. Um, it still closes when you push the cocking button, button so I really like that. But uh, you, can ju- you just have a lot more adjustment on the trigger pressure. Um, so 
I can just, with my target bows, I can get a lot more crisper shot. Um, you know, I shoot the, the simple ones with, you know, especially when I'm shooting them with heavier weights, like on my hunting bows and when I'm shooting them with my gloves on or when my fingers are really cold. Um, it doesn't, I don't need to have a super, um, kind of a lighter crisper trigger because I need to be able to get a lot more finger onto the trigger itself during those times. So the simple one is something I've really loved shooting for the past two years, but this two simple is just an awesome version of that. They also make it in a little two finger. Um, I call that the deuce. I shot that, uh, for quite a while too. And then, um, I've got my, uh, pro edge elite, Um, I'm kind of in a toss up right now because I've got my pro comp shooting really good with fat boys and I know that I want to get something set up uh, with some pro fields or some pro tours and I had some on my pro comp uh, for I guess about a week or two and then I switched to fat boys just so I could shoot some 3ds and uh, I don't know I want one bow set up so I can shoot some feta stuff and I want another bow set up so I can shoot some 3d stuff and you know Although you guys all send me emails asking me which one you could shoot, I'm going to be the first one to tell you that I have that same contemplation all the time. It's like, man, I really want this bow because I love how this bow feels or I love the speed of this bow, but, you know, you're kind of stuck. You can't, uh, you know, I don't have two of every bow, so, you, you know, I'm not in a position where I can set one up one way and one up the other way, so I'll probably have to flip a coin and then go from there on that but uh i guess just to get into some meat and potatoes of a podcast here i want to answer some questions and answers from all of you guys out there that are supporting this and once again uh i super appreciate uh everyone spreading the word on the podcast you know making sure you click subscribe make sure you click the share button you know if you're listening to a podcast right now next time you're on facebook and you see me post uh you know new podcast up click the share button and share to your friends it's super easy and it goes a long way guys uh you know once again getting the word out there is why i'm doing this um i'm doing it to try to help archery and you know you guys sharing it you guys are my voice Uh, you guys are my marketing so help me in that category and and uh i think i'll be able to keep these going for all of you out there Um, So the first question that I'm looking at here um, on my Facebook post that I made was from Isaac Jarrett. And actually, this is a question that I've answered several times here in the last few weeks. And it is in regards to creating an accurate sight tape um, in Archer's Advantage. Um, You know, I guess when it comes to sight tape programs, there's several sight tape programs on the market now. And I think they're critical for anyone that's shooting, you know, anyone that's shooting target archery and has a movable sight. You really need to have a program that shows you true calibration. Um, It'll actually prevent you from getting marks that just are not accurate, you know. Um, And typically what I do, um, I like Archer's Advantage just because it was one of the very first ones and I started using it. I don't even know, maybe 15 years ago or so, and I just continue to do the updates. Now, um, since I'm on a Mac, I actually just went ahead and went on Archer's Advantage and signed in 
or got a membership to um, the online Archer's Advantage. I think it's archersadvantageonline.com. I'm not sure on that, but I think that's it. And uh, you can literally sign into your account from any computer or any device and be able to print your site tapes. Um, it's a pretty basic program. What you need to do is um, you're going to go in and you're going to create a bow. Um, you know, you can ultimately add a new bow you can name it and then you'll have to you know go through there's several tabs there that you have to go through um i guess you know isaac wanted me to actually go through all the steps but i can't really do that buddy because it'll take up the whole podcast but um you know what what you do is you just go through each of those tabs you need to build your arrow you know you need to tell it what arrow you have um, put in all your links, you know, the veins, your wraps, the knock you're using, the point, everything. Um, get it all put in there. And then you also need to do the same thing for your bow, you know, and that's a little bit more basic. It, it gives you a an, kind of an idea of what the speed is. If you have a chronograph, when it comes to printing sight tapes, that really helps because then when you get to that last page, you, you know, you can put in what your speed is, what your actual speed is. And that really helps your sight tapes get close to, to your true marks. Um, and then you can print them off, and it'll give you short-range calibration. So if you need um, you know, your short-range calibration, a lot of guys go into redding, you know, where you're shooting the butterflies and some of those shorter targets. That's super important for you to know exactly what to put your sight on for 5 yards or 6 yards or 7 yards. Um so that program prints all that off, and it normally prints out, I think, um, kind of a, I guess, from the speed that you type in, and then I think three feet per second slower, and then three feet per second faster from that actual speed that you told it to print. So your scales, you know, you've got kind of like five or six options there for your scales to cut out. From there, what I do is I actually take my bow, I go out, and I get a super pristine sight mark for 20 yards, um, just absolutely zero in on the X, and you know sit there and shoot at several ends, make sure that, okay, this is 100% hit and perfect. And then what I try to do is I try to just get myself a 70-yard mark, um, or I guess depending on what your comfort level is for a distance, pick a distance that's the furthest that you're comfortable with and then get a very good mark for that distance. So on your site itself, you'll have two lines, a 20 and a 70. And then from there, I'll just take that printed sheet that I have and I'll fold it so that I can line up the printed site scale. And uh, and I'll just find a speed that allows my 20 and my 70 mark to be exactly the same. Um, and then from there, I'll cut that scale out. Um, when I cut it out, what I'll do is I'll then cut out a piece. I have scotch double-sided sticky tape. Um, I'll cut out uh, or cut a piece of scotch double-sided sticky tape. I'll set the scale on that. Then I'll trim the excess tape around the, you know, so that it's the exact size of that of that piece of paper that I just printed out. Then I'll stick that piece of paper on so that the 20 mark and my and you know where my sight is was set on 20, I'll stick it on so that those line up perfectly. Then what I'll do is I'll take um, some clear um, scotch uh, cell tape or 
you know, just regular clear tape, I'll put that on and then I'll just take a fine razor blade and I'll trim the excess, you know, where that over where it's hanging over on my site. So then I pretty much have one piece that's stuck that's holding the scale to the to the site itself and then I'll have kind of a a slight waterproofing piece of tape that goes over the top. And uh, that's kind of what I've always rolled with for sight tapes. And uh, for birdie marks, Isaac, it works perfect, dude. Um, that short-range calibration uh, can definitely teach you a lot about what your bow is doing really at all those distances. So check out, I think, Archer's Advantage uh, online.com, I believe. And so the next question here is uh, actually from... A guy that I'm very familiar with, Adam Kilgore. Adam's from here in Iowa. Uh, I know he shot a great turkey this weekend. Sent me a text, me a picture of it. Um, <laughs> I haven't even read these questions till now. This is kind of live, but he just asked how many, how many turkeys we got on the ground this weekend because actually this weekend was our inaugurable pro staff turkey shoot for my knock on guys. Uh, several of my out-of-staters put in for turkey tags. They came here, and then several of my friends and staff guys that are here local, uh, we kind of draw names out of a hat and then take take everybody out. And it was pretty cool because this year, um, my my good buddy and staff member, Matt Stewart, he, um, he actually bought a, like, it's almost like a, a UFC fighter champion belt or a wwf uh wrestling belt he bought one and then my other good friend i need to thank you here jason lemming from double seven eleven uh custom calls he actually uh handcrafted two turkey call discs to go on the sides of the belt um where it normally had those round gold pieces and uh you know he kind of engraved it on there you know something about you know our knock on uh turkey contest that we do so we we made a contest whoever shot uh the highest scoring bird would be uh the field buzzard i think that's what we called it the field buzzard champion and uh you know several guys shot awesome birds um almost everybody i guess but one guy shot birds but in the end Last night, I uh, I had about an hour and a half. Uh, Sharon kind of told me I should go out and sit in a blind, and uh, I called uh, Tom Zilla right into my turkey decoys and ended up uh, taking the belt in the last 30 minutes of the pro staff weekend. So I shot a bird that was 26.7 pounds with a 10-inch uh, beard and 1-inch spurs. So... It uh, it was an awesome weekend, and thanks, Matt, for uh, making a super cool belt. I'll be sure to get some pictures of all that and post them later for everybody. Um, let's see. The next question is uh, here from, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, buddy, but it's Jamie Bruhat, I'm going to say. And, uh, man, he's asking the the question that we can literally do an entire podcast on. Um, and he just said that he just bought some new X10s and was wondering uh, how he should cut them. Um, 
And then he also asked if finding the high side of the aerospine truly matters. Um, wow, you got a lot of questions here. I'm just going to start with the X10 portion. You know, X10s um, were an arrow that was designed specifically for the recurve shooters or for recurve shooting that arrow came out i believe in 96 the u.s team debuted that in atlanta for the olympic games uh, butch johnson rod white justin hewish won a gold medal with that justin won the individual gold with those arrows and it pretty much turned uh the archery the feta archery world upside down because that arrow is super small in diameter but it's also super high in mass weight so ballistically it's superb and if you've listened to some of the previous podcasts um, you know one with myself and James Park we talked about um, you know mathematically as well as just individual testing it's it's a superior arrow small diameter heavy mass uh, opportunity to put a lot of FOC, uh, a heavy point in that arrow is uh, is awesome. And actually, uh, some of the highest scores that I've ever shot uh, in practice or in competition have all been with the original X10. Um, so the question is, with the X10, it's a barreled shaft. So it's skinnier on the front, it's larger in the middle, and then it tapers down to be skinny in the back as well. And that was designed intentionally for the natural paradox of a finger shooter with a recurve bow. The back end of that arrow is skinnier, it's weaker, um, and it also gives a lot better clearance through the bow as it passes. Now, what we found as compound shooters, because naturally the aerodynamics of that arrow, um, there's several reasons why you should shoot the arrow, um, but there's a little bit more difficulty in tuning it because of the fact that that back end is a little bit too weak for a lot of the compounds out there, guys that are shooting, you know, obviously as compound shooters, we shoot a lot more weight than a recurve shooter. Um, we shoot a cam, which puts a lot more, uh, or I shouldn't say more, but it puts a different uh, dynamic force on the arrow as you shoot. Um, so what we found over the years is that with X10s and a compound bow, you actually need to... Um, to trim some of that arrow off the back in most cases just because as you trim off the back you also stiffen the arrow because you're cutting off more of the weaker portion of the arrow and you're getting closer to the center part of the shaft where it's thicker and obviously the spine is higher so you know it's it's kind of a guessing game in my opinion um I Well, with what I believe, every inch off the back of the arrow actually stiffens that arrow at about twice the rate as when you're cutting off the front. So, you know, you don't want, well, one, you can't cut more than three inches off the back of an original X10. Um, three inches, well, for an X10 or an ACE is about max. Otherwise, you start, the back end is actually going to be bigger in diameter than the actual pin that you slide in there. Um, not the internal where it slides in internally, but the outside diameter will start to get bigger. Um, I've actually experimented with these in a lot of different ways, guys. I mean, I've cut more than three. I've not cut it all. I mean, I've, I've literally got every cut configuration you can possibly imagine. Um, 
And it really is something that you need to play with. What I found is that an inch off the back is about equivalent to one spine size. With most, I would say the most common cut off the back of an X10 is about two inches. But what you need to be careful of is, you know, you need to first shoot that arrow a little bit and um, and kind of try to see you know, if that arrow is already slightly on the stiff side for you and then you go to cutting off the back, then you're going to actually uh, over stiffen that arrow very fast. And that can end up uh, putting you in a bad position of, of wasting a lot of money. So what I typically do is, and I'm going to expand on this in a future podcast because, you know, I know I've said that a hundred times, but there's a process I shouldn't I don't know if I invented it but I know for a fact that I named it um, I call it the hill method um, it's a method that I've used with tuning all aero shafts but it, specifically I learned this when I was first learning to tune a barreled shaft arrow and it's a method called the hill uh, I call it that because it's a what it is, it's it's me measuring and comparing what I call the horizontal impact line, you know, and that is your left to right variance on your groups as you shoot at a target. Um, what I'll do is I'll shoot, you know, I'll t- like for those arrows, um, and this is going to get a little tricky because obviously you start cutting, you can't go back. That's what makes it tough. So what I do is uh, I'll shoot. You know, I'll set my arrows up the right way. Normally, I leave some excess arrow off the front so that if I need to cut off the back, I'm not all the, already making my arrow too short. Um, but typically, what I do is I'll shoot arrows downrange, and then I'll plot them. I'll shoot several ends, maybe two dozen arrows. Do it on a calm day, flat ground. Make sure you're making good shots. If you don't make a good shot, look down there where that arrow went. Kind of just don't include that arrow in your group but anyway um, start with fresh paper and what you'll find is you're going to see a pattern on that paper what you want to do is you want to measure your left to right arrows um, you know and say that's five or six inches then what i'll do is i'll take my bow and i'll change my peak weight about three to three and a half pounds up or down Um, when i make it when i increase my poundage about three and a half pounds you're actually it's that that poundage increase or decrease is is equivalent to about one spine size on arrow so you know with your x10s what you could do is say you uh added uh about three pounds and you shot and then you know your your arrows got bigger your hill your horizontal impact line was actually wider than um, your original group then what you're telling yourself is okay i've increased poundage which means i've decreased i've weakened the spine of this arrow and my groups now are getting bigger left to right Um, and you know this is the case with a bow even a you know i've got picture evidence um, and i do this a lot in my presentations where i can show you a bow that's fully set up it's in a shooting machine and it's shooting arrows and you can literally put different spine arrows in this bow and can get completely different results and i'm talking 
you know, for a feed a shooter, you know, a bow out of a shooting machine that's capable of shooting a 1440, a perfect feed around, to then uh, putting an arrow in there that's too weak or an X10 in there that isn't tuned right, and it can drop 20 to 30 points just because of the fact that that arrow is too weak and then also ones that where the arrows get too stiff uh, you just start to get an inconsistency in your arrows so you know increase your poundage shoot your groups if it gets wider than what that's telling you is at you know you're as you weaken that arrow it's starting to shoot worse so that you you're going to know right away okay you know I think if this arrow was stiffer, it's going to shoot better. So then double check that theory by then backing your poundage down to where you're shooting less weight than what you originally were and shoot your groups again. If all of a sudden now, out of those three trials, you have one that's showing you very clearly my left to right variance, my horizontal impact line is twice as good with this setup. That's going to tell you, okay, I either need either my arrows just right or my arrow shoots better when it's when I've stiffened it or it shoots better when I weaken it. Well, if it shoots better when you stiffen it, then what that allows you to do with an X10 is then you should be able to cut one inch off the back and you can move your peak weight of your bow back to your starting point. You know, what's nice is when you have a bow that buries out at like, say, for a feed a shooter, say 63 pounds, because that allows you to shoot at your 60 mark and then be able to go to 63 and then back your bow down to 57 and shoot groups. You know, I always like to, to get my bows and to string them to where when I really bury them out, they're at about 62 and a half to 63 pounds, because that really allows me to do these tests that I like to do with all my bows. Um, and then if you shoot it again, you know, go ahead and, uh, you know, shoot it at 60, plot it, and then back it down to 57 again and plot it again. If it gets even better, then you can say, okay, well, now I can go, you know, to two inches off the back and go ahead and take that last inch off the back. Um, but that's really the process that I have. It's unfortunately, they're super expensive arrows. It's not a process that's very easy, and that's a big importance why uh, Easton came out with the X10 Pro Tour, because the Pro Tour is skinny in the front, and then it, when it gets to the middle, it gets big, just like an X10 would, only in the back, the back portion of the shaft is parallel. So it's a tapered front with a parallel rear. And what that does is that completely eliminates your guesswork of cutting off the rear of an arrow because with the pro tour and also the pro field you don't want to cut off the rear of the shaft because for those you would actually weaken the arrow because you're cutting off the stiffest portion of that arrow from there what you really need to do is just cut it to your length on the front then you can change or do the same method that I'm talking about simply by shooting different point weights in the front of that arrow and then fine-tuning that even more with your poundage you know and this is a big reason why when guys come up to me and they say hey what you know I like to shoot my bows buried out you know why why is this why do you have uh, these limbs backed out a little bit you know well 
preferably I like to have my limbs buried out too, but one, it allows me to do this test, and two, I care more about how well my bow groups more than having my limbs tightened down or more than what I really care about speed as well. So if my bow groups with a particular arrow better at 57 and a half pounds than it does at 59 and a half, then that's where I'm going to shoot it. Now, if I wanted to shoot 59 or 60 pounds, you know, what I would do, like say if an arrow's shooting a little bit too weak, um, you know, if I had the option to cut off the back, I would. If I didn't have the option, then I'm kind of in the dilemma of, well, I could shoot a lighter point, which would also uh, stiffen that arrow a little bit. But is then the point getting too light to where maybe I'm going to start having to worry about having an FOC that's less than what I desire. So there's kind of a trade-off there. When you guys send me messages about arrow questions, I'm just going to tell you right now, these are extremely loaded questions. I, you know, As much as I want to be able to just tell you, there is no possible way that I can tell you. Um, over the years, I just continue to save my arrows every single configuration. And when I get new bows, I just throw arrows in there and shoot them. Um, you know, I've got X10s that have one inch off the back, two inch off the back, three inch off the back. I got some that have two and a half off the back, one and a half off the back. Uh, instead of getting rid of all those arrows, you know, I just kind of, if I move to a different arrow or buy a new dozen the next year, you know, I just write on those veins, you know, minus 1.5 um, off the back. That way, you know, I can still use what few arrows I have left uh, in that combination as a test when I get a new bow and a new setup. So that's uh, a little bit of a, I guess, starting point for you on those X10s and also... Uh, make sure you utilize my websites, dudleyarchery.info or knockontv.com. Both of those websites has a tab that you can click that says articles. Click on the articles tab and there is a huge library of articles that I'm offering for free for you guys to learn about archery. Make sure if you ever reprint them, uh, make sure if you show people, at least give me some credit and say where you got it from. I would really, really appreciate that. You know, if you print it off and take it to your club, just take a marker and write on the front of it, um, you know, dudleyarchery.info or printed from dudleyarchery.info because, um, you know, a lot of this stuff is my life's work and, you know, I appreciate uh, you guys letting people know where they can find it. So the next question here is from uh, Fred Gross. And Fred, I owe you a big one, dude, because Fred actually um, sent me, he called it the Tri-Knock. It was a custom wood um, knock-on logo. It had a big knock-on sign in the middle with two small ones on the end, and he said it was one for each for each of the Dudley family. Um, we're actually thinking of putting that, getting that mounted, um, in our kitchen on our cabinets because it matches, uh, it matches our cabinets exactly. So I can't thank you enough. There's been, you know, there's been several great, uh, Facebook friends that have sent me some really cool, 
knickknacks. Um, you know, Michael Fraley sent me several things. I can't thank you enough, dude. Um, you know, and I know that I'm forgetting people because, uh, occasionally some people send me some things and, uh, I just really appreciate it guys. Um, but Fred was asking, you know, what my arrow of choice is, uh, I guess the build, the setup for spot and stock hunting. Um, he kind of, you know, and he's kind of saying in areas where, you know, where it isn't common to be dealing with wind and, you know, that's a great question because actually I'm right now in the process of building my hunting bow for that exact situation because, you know, I've got my spot and stalk hunt for black bears that I do every year and it's common that I deal with wind. Um, you know, so I, you know, with the spot and stalk hunts, you know, sometimes as much as, you know, I got a, a negative email or a negative Facebook post the other day from a, from a, bow hunter education instructor because um you know i posted that picture of me shooting my mule deer target at 50 yards in the backyard Uh, and he said that was unethical and shouldn't be shown so sorry buddy uh i'm not gonna side with you on that one you know my belief is this guys you know chuck adams said it long time ago and i believe this to be true a bow hunter's effective range is typically half of what his effective practice range is. I think that's true. Um, you know, if you want to have archers making 25, 30 yard shots on animals, then I think it's imperative that they're practicing at 50, 60 yards. Because I know that, you know, when it comes down to having tournament pressure, having buck fever, whatever you want to call it, when the pressure's on, you perform less um, during those situations. So by having a better accuracy or a comfort level at a further distance, you're going to be more accurate at the shorter distances. I truly believe that. So I stand behind that. You know, dude, if you don't want to see 50-yard 3D shots in my yard, I would just recommend you not liking the page because I've got targets from 10 to 100 yards in my yard and I shoot them every day from 10 to 100 and you never know tomorrow I might post one shooting 100 and uh, you know just like what I'm talking about as a way for me to help improve my accuracy as well um, just so you know like my 100 meter target or my 90 meter target which is essentially 99 yards um, I actually have the 50 meter feet a face on that um it's super small it's harder than crap to hit but you know when i look at that 50 meter target at 50 meters where i'm supposed to be shooting it it looks twice as big so that's my philosophy behind that um just getting back to your question with this spot and stock and yeah you know for where i hunt the spot and stock shots are potentially longer um I'm going to be taking an Easton Full Metal Jacket injection, an FMJ injection, because it's a super small diameter with heavy mass weight. Um, I'm probably going to to shoot. Uh, I'm going to shoot 125 grain Ulmer Edge out of that arrow because uh, the standard Deep Six insert isn't available uh, in as heavy a way to say the brass 
in the past uh, for my spot and stock hunts, uh, I like I've used several different configurations. Um, an axis with 50 grain brass uh, works great, as well as um, the FMJ with 50 grain brass worked great. Last year I shot 50 grain brass inserts in the hex. That worked great. Um, I love the hex arrow. I just wish it had a little bit more mass weight. Um, so that's going to be my setup. I'm probably going to be shooting the 260 uh, Elite Fletch, the AAE Elite Fletch. I'm going to shoot the knock-on version, uh, which we have at knockonarchery.com. Um, but I'm going to have uh, those fletches on. I, I'm Even though I'm shooting a mechanical head, I still like a slightly shorter profile vein over a over a high profile vein i get better clearance through my rest and on my shelf so um i just really like that two six it's a great overall you know great all-around vein it gets a little bit tough um you know with clearance uh you know because you put a longer vein on a real small shaft like that you know the the vein bases are dang near touching but with a fall away arrow rest i shoot the trophy taker smackdown you know you really don't have to worry about that works great um so hopefully that answers your question dude that's what i'm going to be taking and uh i'm pretty excited about it as well um i'm getting a little bit low on time here so i'm going to just keep going i might have to break this into uh to two podcasts i'll do uh one post one today i'll post one a little bit later this week but uh, my last question for this one is going to be from uh justin ertle um and your question was when you're pulling through a shot and the pin goes off on the x um how come you know you hit to the right of the x you know when you're pulling through that can be related to a couple different things um one if you shoot a lot of uh, if you're shooting a crazy amount of uh, like side weight and stuff that's kind of far out, far away from the center line of your bow, a lot of times it forces your bow to have kind of a a weird kick as the arrows are going through them. And you know, I've I've seen bows that have affected the arrow placement, you know, because of that as well. And a lot of times when you're shooting a lot of weight that's out away from your bow like that if you change your grip position just the smallest it really changes how that stabilizer will cause your bow to react which can also give you a problem um, from there you know if it's not that then it could definitely be related to your draw length or your actual um, what I call your draw cycle or your follow-through cycle um, you know once again on the website I've got uh, several articles on there um, that can really help you in regards to this. I think there's one called Follow Through or Following Through. Um, That's a great article because it talks to you about the importance of where your front shoulder position should be, which it should be down and forward in my opinion. Um, You know, your your elbow should be soft. And, you know, you're going to be able to, you know, not be... I think if you're if you're underdrawn or if you're overdrawn to where you're overexpanded in your chest, um, you know, then sometimes that pin can go in a different direction. Another thing too to think about is your actual stance position. 
you know, where your feet are, are super critical. You know, stance is the is the f- most important part of starting your shot routine. It's what I teach. And the first thing is your stance. Look at your feet. Because your foot position has a lot of determination to what your front pin is going to do. It also has a lot of... Um, you know, direct connection to, you know, your shoulder alignment, your arm clearance, uh, you know, your expansion. It has a lot to do with all that. Um, sometimes if your stance is too closed, meaning when you look down at your free feet, if you're a right-handed shooter, if your front foot is further forward than your rear foot, that's a closed stance. Um, that could cause your pin to go to the right. Um, what you'll find in a good way to kind of determine your perfect foot placement, which what I prefer is when I look down at my feet, I normally take my back foot and I'll stand on an arrow and point the arrow straight towards the target. I'll put the arrow right under the ball of my rear foot. From there, I like to put the toe my big toe of my front foot on that same arrow. That's what I call a neutral stance. Now, if you're shooting a closed stance, meaning if your rear foot is on the, you know, your, the ball of your rear foot is standing on the arrow and then your front foot, you actually have, you know, the arrow more in the center of your foot. That's a pretty extreme case of a closed stance that could definitely cause you to go off to the right. One thing that I learned years ago, um, and I think that I heard uh, Larry Wise say this, was a great technique to understanding the perfect foot position for yourself is to actually take your bow, take a foot position that you prefer, draw back and aim at a target at 20 yards indoors. Aim at the spot and then close your eyes and do your best to hold it in the position that you were, but close your eyes for about three to five seconds. Then open your eyes if you find that you're naturally, your pin is most likely going to start to go down just because of gravity. But when you open your eyes, if you find that your pin is off to the right of the target naturally, then what that's telling you is your stance is probably a little bit too closed. And torsionally, you're actually having to force yourself into holding further left of the target. So when you close your eyes and you naturally relax a little bit, your torso is naturally pulling you a little bit to the right. You know, if your pin is too far to the left, then that might be telling you that your stance is too open naturally. So you need to find a position that allows you to maintain your left to right holding when you close your eyes for a few seconds. Uh, From there, a great exercise is to uh, take some chalk. If you find the right position, go ahead and put some chalk lines around your feet in those exact positions and start standing there, especially during the indoor season, and uh, executing shots in that position. And that'll start to create the habit of this is where my feet need to be. But, uh, you know, I guess I'm not going to get into my whole shot routine, but I can guarantee you step one is look at your feet. If your feet aren't in the right place, hardly anything else with your whole shot routine is going to be as well. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this podcast, and uh, I'm going to pick up with another one here later this week. I really appreciate you guys responding, posting your your questions here. And uh, for all you out there who send me personal messages, 
asking me questions. Uh, I am super, super far behind. Definitely uh, haven't forgot about you guys, but I'm just doing my best to keep my head above water. Make sure that you listen to the podcast and you take time to read through all those articles that I have on both those websites because that's going to answer a lot of your questions for you before you ever have to send them my way. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you listening in and uh, go out and shoot your bows. See you, everybody. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. knockonarchery.com